Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. Today, if an employee has been committing occupational fraud at your company, it's still going on. What would be your guess for how it would be revealed? And after how long? Keep listening. Welcome to episode 230, the top five ways occupational fraud is detected and who reports it. All right. Now, all of the content that I'm going to talk about today is coming from the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners or ACFE. And ACFE is the world's largest anti-fraud organization. Uh, Not only do they offer training, uh, but they also offer a certified fraud examiner certification or CFE credential uh, that fosters, uh, according to them on their website, a dynamic global community of anti-fraud professionals. The ACFE is reducing fraud and corruption worldwide. Now, every year they publish a report to the nations. And so the information from today's uh, episode is coming from their 2022 report to the nations. And you can go ahead and Google it. And uh, if you want, you will bring that report up, but you can also bring up certain infographics that they have that you can download like separately. They have one on the behavioral red flags of an internal fraudster. And they also have one on the ways that internal fraudsters or employees conceal uh, their fraud. And I actually did do an episode on that from the 2021 report to the nations. And if you want to check that out, it's episode uh, 149, the top four ways internal fraudsters conceal occupational fraud and the top three ways to detect it. So make sure you check out episode 149 if you're interested in that. But the bottom line is, is you can Google the report and you can pull up some uh, separate infographics if you want to focus on that, maybe with your team or with your internal audit team. 
But in today's episode, we are going to talk about how occupational fraud or internal fraud is initially detected. And there are actually 12 different ways that it's detected, but we're only going to focus on the top five. I do want to point out, though, that confession, and if I'll give you just a quick a few seconds or so to try to guess where that is in the list of 12, like um, how far from the bottom or top it might be. And the reason I'm saying that you could probably guess is that it's not one of the top five ways. And if you guess that it was number 11, so it wasn't the uh, last way, which was 1%, um, and that is other, It's actually the second to the last. It's still 1% though, but it is nowhere probably near the top. And I guess that's not surprising. You have to find it. So with that, let's talk about the top five ways that uh, fraud, fraud is detected. So going back to that employee that I talked about in the intro. So you have an employee that is committing fraud. And by the way, Again, according to the report to the nations from ACFE, typical internal fraud lasts at least 12 months. That's the average uh, amount. I shouldn't say at least, but it lasts uh, on average about 12 months. So right now, if you don't or if you aren't aware that there is some internal fraud going on, that could have been going on for 12 months already. And you may not know. So going back to that scenario, how would you think that you would find out or your leadership would find out whether or not someone was perpetrating uh, fraud in your company? So let's start with number five this time. Most of the time I start with the one that's that's the highest, but we're going to go down and we're, we're going to start with uh, the fifth highest. So we're going to count but um, we're going to count up, I guess that's the way it is. So number five, and this is kind of funky, but it's by accident. That's 5% um, is uh, fraud or internal fraud is found by accident. And I will tell you that that is how, and I've talked about um, the queen, all the queen's horses. It was a Netflix documentary. I know I've talked about that before. I'm not sure if it was on a podcast episode, but this is one where uh, the finance director of a city, and I forgot the city's name, but it was the city that Ronald Reagan grew up in. Uh, but she perpetrated fraud for over 20 years, and the way that she that she was found out or the fraud was discovered or detected was she went on vacation. But what was different this time is that at the bank where uh, they received or had their bank accounts, there was a new person. And that new person did not know to not give her staff that was left in the office while she was on vacation to not give her all of or not give her staff all of the bank account statements to be uh, when they were requested. And so usually there was one bank account and that was the bank account she was using to perpetrate fraud was held back. And that statement and that activity was only given to the finance director. But 
finance director was on vacation. There was a new person at the bank. And so, and I think also um, someone in her staff was new too, but I can't remember um, that, that much detail. But in any event, you got new people in. And so that revealed that extra bank account. Um, they were like, what is this? And that revealed the fraud. And I also have... Um, it will be available on March 28th, uh, and it's probably a few days after this is going to be published, but it will be available March 28, 2023 uh, on Tuesday. And so I, every Tuesday, I always publish a Vendor Master File Tip of the Week. And this Vendor Master File Tip of the Week is that same scenario. And what's really funny is that the person who perpetrated the fraud was due to resign in three weeks. But before that could happen, a new person came on and found the fraud. Now, maybe that's not exactly by accident, but it was something that the uh, uh, employee that was perpetrating the fraud did not expect and was not part of their normal process. So maybe you can call that an accident. But in any event, I will put a link to that video in the uh, show notes. And actually, even if it's not published, you can still get to it with the link. So um, you'll be able to see it before March 28, 2023, if you're listening to the podcast ahead of that date. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested. All right. So number five, um, and that was 5%. Uh, of the time occupational fraud was detected by accident. Now moving up to 6%, uh, it's document examination. So somebody was looking at the documents. One thing I do want to say in this uh, area is when you are dealing with vendor setup and maintenance, right? You have your vendor setup forms, uh, especially if there is a change, right? So uh, you've got maybe your vendor setup forms, maybe your W-9, you're requesting for changes. Uh, maybe, and hopefully you do, a company branded ACH form where you can ask for specific information, uh, especially because those uh, check, avoided checks and their uh, related vendor banking on letterhead or bank letterhead can be forged. Uh, but in any event, somebody's reviewing those documents. And not only that, but also save the source email where you receive the documents. And then someone needs to review it to make sure that they, uh, that whoever collected that information for the change, or maybe it was an ad, followed the correct procedure. And while requiring specific documents for ads or changes can be a deterrent for internal fraud, it also can uh, result in the employees that are committing the fraud uh, can result in them creating these documents as well. And again, going back to the 2022 report to the nations, the ACFE found that 28% of internal fraudsters created fraudulent electronic documents or files. And so you do need to review them. And because of that, I always recommend that you include or download and then upload it wherever you save the vendor supporting documents for that ad or change, the source email, because it's kind of hard to fake the source email. Um, and if you do, 
uh, or if they do, then that will provide, if you're looking closely, if, if uh, who's ever reviewing is looking close enough, may be able to find that it didn't come from the vendor at all, or it didn't come from the internal team member that it should have come from if that's what your process uh, at your company is. So make sure you keep the source email where those documents were received. All right, so talk about document examination. That's kind of like management review, which is number three. So this one's at 12%. And this is management, uh, again, management review. And it could be, I guess, of documents, but it can also be of other uh, reports that you might print off. um, Or it could be a review of the add and change for uh, in the vendor process. So let's say you have a vendor Um, that's being added or you have an existing vendor that's being changed, your accounting system may allow you to have that uh, require, have those two transactions or activities require a an approval. And so management can review and approve that, or maybe it's uh, running reports to verify or to review vendors that were added or changed, or maybe it's even checking uh, at the uh, payment uh, process level, right? Um, reviewing the reports that that come from running the pay cycle. So you can review the reports, you can pull invoices to verify they're valid, you can pull, uh, and that's kind of not in the vendor setup and maintenance process, but kind of so because you could have reports, and I talk about this one all the time, to run reports uh, from uh, when your pay cycle is ran is uh, is generated before you send it out the door. Let's say for your ACH or electronic payments, pull all of the you know payments or have management review all the payments over a certain amount that have had recent remittance changes, and then have management review those to make sure that it followed the process. So you know you're not. Um, you're less likely to send off a fraudulent payment. So management review was 12%. Now the next one is 16%. And that one, second to the top, is internal audit. Now what I really like about this one, uh, especially at the vendor setup and maintenance level, is that it has an internal audit or it could be an internal audit. Now I am not sure Um, in this report. I don't think they say whether or not this is an internal audit at the invoice level or some other accounts payable activity level, but I rarely see an internal audit at the vendor process level. And I always recommend that. Uh, One, it is a deterrent for internal um, fraud. So if an employee knows that someone's going to be looking at it, you know, every month or every quarter, however often that internal audit is being done, it is a deterrence. But an internal audit is also a great way at the vendor process level to make sure that all the authentication techniques, internal controls, and best practices that you put into place to avoid fraud, regulatory fines, and bad vendor data 
are actually being done because we all know what happens, right? Something, uh, something happens. Maybe there's an external fraud. You put these controls, um, best practices, authentication techniques in place so it doesn't happen again. Um, but it does add to the number of steps that, you know, the team has to take to add a, a vendor or to change an existing vendor. And so once the whole hoopla dies down or once you get into your busy year end, things start to taper off. And the only way to make sure that that the processes are being followed consistently is to implement an internal audit. And by the way, that is the second highest way that you will find um, internal fraud according to the ACFE. All right. Now the last one uh, is 42%. So almost half of the ways uh, that occupational fraud or internal fraud is detected is a tip. So somebody tells on somebody. Now, this also goes along with the second half of the title of this episode with who reports it, meaning who are reporting in those tips. And so I'll start with the highest one. And this one's probably no surprise. It's the employee. So 55% of the time, the employee uh tells or tips off um, management or audit that there is internal fraud. Now, I will say that I do have a monthly mitigating um, conflicts, uh, SOD conflicts or segregation of duties conflicts training that I do in the Vendor Process Training Center. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. But in that training, I do talk about um, detective controls and preventative controls, all type are those two types of compensating controls when there is a segregation of duties issue, which can lead to internal fraud. But when I talk about it, I talk about the ways that you can encourage employees to report any fraud that they see. And so uh, that's the number one way. And again, going back to this 2022 report to the nations, the ACFE, and it wasn't just this year, they always find this. They find that losses are two times higher without employee tips And they recommend that you give employees multiple ways to report fraud. That means that in addition to having a hotline um, with telephone, you also need to have an email address and there also needs to be some type of a web-based form. All right. So if you want more information on that uh, segregation of duties, conflicts, and how to mitigate them in the uh, P2P process, the procure to pay process, uh, go ahead and click on the link on that training session in the show notes. All right. So to talk about the other ways or the other roles or people that report fraud, uh, internal or occupational fraud. So I'll just go down the list here. Won't really comment, just make it really quick. So, uh, the second way, which was at 18% was by a customer. Uh, 16% was anonymous. And I'm not quite sure if anonymous an employee uh, means that the employees that reported the tip were not anonymous. 
But in any event, anonymous is 16%. Um, a report by the vendor themselves is 10%. I wish I could have one of those stories. Um, other is 5%. And then the last two of the seven at 3% each is the shareholder or the owner and then a competitor. All right, so I hope you found that valuable. Again, I will put links to the training session and also to this 2022 report to the nations. I know I said you can Google it, but I'll put a link to it, which you can, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. And I think I also said I will put a link to the Vendor Master File Tip of the Week where I am talking about the fraud that occurred uh, on an employee's way out uh, that a new employee came in and found. So make sure you check that out. I'll put that link in there as well. All right. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 230th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.